Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Good morning, Northern Michigan. Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. I am Nick Rudy, your host. Again, thank you for joining me this Sunday morning. We're going to kick off the show a bit differently today. You may have noticed that Today is September 11th, 21 years after the events of 9-11, a truly dark day in American history. September 12th was a day of sorrow and pain as crews worked to save those trapped in the rubble and as families learned that their loved ones were among those lost. The 11th and 12th were also days of tremendous heroism as rescue crews risked their lives to save their fellow New Yorkers and as passengers on another flight saved others from certain death. The following is a summation of events from the History Channel. Like the other three planes hijacked, Flight 93 was overtaken by Al-Qaeda operatives intent on crashing it into a center of American power. In Flight 93's case, likely the White House or the U.S. Capitol building. But instead of hitting it as its intended target, the United Jet went down in a field in rural Pennsylvania. While all 44 people aboard the plane were killed, countless people who might have perished in Washington were spared because of a passenger revolt. A heroic struggle undertaken with whatever low-tech weapons they and the cabin crew members could muster. Flight attendant Sandra Bradshaw boiled water to throw on the hijackers. One man had a butter knife from his breakfast. Are you ready, guys? One of the passengers, Todd Beamer, could be heard saying to the others while on a call with a telephone operator, Let's roll. The cockpit voice recorder captured the sound of passengers attempting to break through the door, yelling, thumping, and crashing of dishes and glass. In response, one of the terrorists tried to cut off the oxygen and began pitching the plane left and right to knock the passengers off balance. In the ensuing minutes, the hijackers crashed the plane instead of risking capture by the passengers and letting them safely land the plane. In addition to the sorrow, pain, and heroism during and following the attack, there was a sense of national unity. Live like it's September 12th. We live in fear of each other when we are more alike than we care to admit. We have to realize the strength of each individual American and then realize we are even stronger together. Terrorists and those who pit us against each other are not strong or intelligent in trying to formulate plans and act on them. They are cowards, insignificant, They are all the same, terrified to live a life and be forgotten when they breathe their last. They will do anything to hold power over another individual. They have no way of holding power through lawful means. The people that died saving others on those planes and at Ground Zero are the brave ones, the ones we should remember. The ones in the face of unimaginable horror stared back and gave it their all. Meanwhile, the terrorists and their leaders, when captured and killed, screamed and cried and begged. They died as they lived, cowards, alone, and insignificant. We Americans are not alone. We cannot let those who divide us win. They seek to cause fear, create chaos, and gain control, just like those terrorists many years ago. We cannot let them win. They will fail, just like everyone before them, live like it is September 12th. All right, before we get into the the news from the week, the important news from the week, uh, we're going to take a quick break to reset. You're listening to the WMKT Week in Review on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT.
the products and services we buy cost as much as they ever have. From a dozen eggs or a gallon of gas to your monthly haircut, which means it's never mattered more where you spend your money. When you shop a store with a door, 88 cents of every dollar stays right here in our northern Michigan communities. When you shop nationally, that number drops all the way to 43 cents, less than half. Your dollar might seem less valuable than ever, but it's never mattered more to your community. Shop a store with a door. A service of Triple Talk WMKT. Hi, this is Peter Garber from Triple Talk, 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT. If you're listening to this radio station, you love news and politics just as much as I do. And that's exactly what we're looking for in the next team member of our WMKT sales department. As an advertising consultant with WMKT, you'll work with local business owners right here in Petoskey, Charlevoix, and Traverse City, creating advertising campaigns that turn our listeners into their customers. Their job is fun and fast-paced. You won't be stuck behind a desk. And not only do you get to listen to WMKT all day, you get to talk about it too. Compensation includes a base and commissions with health insurance and matching retirement plans available after you start. If you're interested in this position, please call us today at our Petoskey office, 231-347-8713 and ask for TAD. That's 231-347-8713. Ask for our general manager, Tad Garber. Thank you for your support of local radio and of Triple Talk WMKT. McDonald Garber Broadcasting is an equal opportunity employer. Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review. You're listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Well, I hope you had an enjoyable week. I certainly did. Uh, we had Labor Day on Monday, as all of you know. Hopefully, you were able to enjoy not only the long weekend, but also the four-day work week. I know everyone's schedules, especially up here you know, in northern Michigan, where it's very... Um, tourists and hospitality-based industry. Um, still, if there was a chance at a regular schedule, it's always great. You know, a not only a three-day weekend, but the ensuing four-day work week. So hopefully you're able to spend time with your family and or just relax because sometimes spending time with your family doesn't always lead to the most relaxing of days. I know that uh, for my family, when we spend time together, most of the time it uh, involves on going on 60-mile bike rides and hikes and stuff like that. So enjoyable, but not necessarily uh, a nap in the shade with a you know cup of lemonade, as you would, um, as those uh, Hallmark movies would like you to think. So the, uh, the first story today, again, it was Labor Day on Monday, and that means the, uh, the Mackinac Bridge Walk happened. Um, if you've never done that before, you're going to have to wait till next year because I've done it before. Uh, I think I've done it twice. Um, definitely one of those things, if you call yourself a Michigander, especially if you're living in Northern Michigan and the UP, it's something that you certainly should experience at least once in your life. Um, five miles isn't, uh, isn't too bad, especially it's, um, it goes by much faster when you go with friends and family and it's just kind of a unique experience that, um, you know, most people don't get to do every single day, uh, quite clearly. Um, so after participating in the Mackinac Bridge Walk, uh, Tudor Dixon, the Republican gubernatorial candidate, uh, was asked by reporters if she would support the law passed by Michigan voters regarding abortion. Dixon, who has been an outspoken uh, advocate for pro-life, stated, quote, we'll be watching, obviously, carefully what happens with the Supreme Court. And I've always said that if this passes, I will support the law and that will be the law of the land. I will always support the law. 
this governor has come out and said that she won't, and I will not be governing that way. End quote. So it's a tricky situation here in Michigan. Michigan currently has a ban on abortion that was implemented in the 1930s with an exception for the life of the mother. In fact, actually, though, there was an injunction just a couple of days ago that a Michigan judge put on um, that is kind of more permanent, saying that the uh, the ban is unconstitutional as it uh, denies women uh, the right to due process and equal protection under the law, obviously. And we're going to get further into it. You know, this is not the, the final say um, either way regardless of how the judge would have ruled. Um, what Dixon is referring to, though, um, in that quote, is the fact that Whitmer and her attorney general, Dana Nessel, refused to enforce the abortion ban after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which, is, which again, is fine of the moments previous and of this moment because there was and is a more permanent injunction from a judge that has suspended the law and now declared it unconstitutional. But when... And if there was no injunction against the law and the Supreme Court of Michigan has not taken a look at the abortion issue to this day, um, Whitmer and Nessel would still have refused to enforce the law. Unfortunately, that's not how holding office works. You can't pick and choose which laws to enforce as Nessel especially took an oath to uphold the law and she would be in violation of her oath of office. Dixon said she would enforce the law. Uh, The people uh, would pick by petition but there is a bit of secrecy in her language that people in vote to enshrine abortion in the state constitution, she'll enforce it. But she would also work to change the law back to the 1931 law, which she supports. Nessel and Whitmer are using the legal process to change the law to fit their view, but have said that they would illegally choose to not enforce the law. Dixon said she would enforce the abortion law passed by Michigan voters that she disagrees with, but would work to change it. The problem with abortion in Michigan is how dividing the issue is. Michigan is unique in many ways. Um, There are a slight majority of abortion-leaning individuals, which means mostly Democrats in the state of Michigan. However, Republicans control both the House and Senate because more districts are filled with Republicans and Democrats. This is mostly because Democrats live in metro areas like Lansing and Detroit. So obviously, this is just a generalization to make a point, but because of this, we can see an endless back and forth of abortion law where Democrats come together to get a proposal for abortion to enshrine it in the Constitution, and then Republicans could turn around and do the same, or the state legislator could step step in, or the Supreme Court, you know, if and ever it flip-flops between liberal and conservative majority, they could have a word. You know, politicians on both sides of the aisle do not represent the average Michigander's view on abortion, according to polls. The average person does not want abortion banned outright, especially in cases of rape and incest. They also do not want abortion as an option up until the point of birth. While it is a more complicated moral argument than ban all of it or accept all of it, the average person is in favor of abortion legal without restriction in the first trimester with decent restrictions in the second trimester but completely open for cases of rape and incest, and then banned in the third trimester. I firmly believe that after much haggling and more intense fighting, this is where the Michigan law will end up. So again, you know, just kind of to reiterate and to summarize, is I think that Michigan is not going to properly avoid a a big dividing issue. And again, politicians do not represent People, they kind of go to their extreme bases. 
And that's kind of where this is as of right now. And, um, you know, the long and skinny of it, someone, the Supreme Court or the legislature could just step in and be like, hey, this is what we want. But, um, you know, and we're going to just, you know, hammer out a compromise. And this all could theoretically have been done within a matter of a couple of months, if not even shorter. Um, however, this could be something that takes years to uh, flesh out. And it's it's not good for the people and it's not good for the political uh, environment and the health of political discourse. But it's good for politics because um, both politicians um, on you know either side of the aisle, this is a great fundraising opportunity, one pro-life all the way and one pro-choice all the way. Um, so this is something that really amps voters up on both sides of the aisle and gets them to donate and gets them out to vote. So um, this could even be more uh, conspiratorial even if you wanted to dig into it. Um, you know, they don't want a simple solution because then this takes a a big chunk of voter motivation from both parties. So it's definitely an interesting and fairly unique issue. And again, Michigan is a very unique state based on the fact that um, there's more pro-choice individuals that live in the state, but there's more pro-life regions in the state because uh, the Democrats have largely hold themselves up into metro areas and Republicans are more spread out throughout the state. Um, so, and that's you know, not to say that there's not Democrats living in red regions and there's not Republicans living in blue regions, but it's just, you know, the, the percent of uh, individuals within each voting district. But before we head into our next story, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the WMKT Week in Review. You are listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. Glenn Beck. Before the Blaze went to a subscription model and we started our own network, we had 300,000 subscribers. CNN, the most powerful name in news. CNN Plus, they had 150,000 subscribers globally and no more than 10,000 people watching at any given time. (laughs) That's an unmitigated disaster. The Glenn Beck Program. On WMKT. Dan Bongino. Democrats take charge saying, I'm with big government. Big government's going to fix your problem. They cause a massive water crisis in the city they run. And then when you complain about it, it's not the fault of the Democrats who did it. It's the fault of the Republicans because of their anti-government ideology. If you're shaking your head like, please, I want to bang my head off a desk right now so it'll feel good when it stops. You're not the only one. The Dan Bongino Show, weekdays at noon on Triple Talk WMKT. There's one man on this earth who really, truly gets it. The Democrat Party was born in hatred for America. It was born in hatred for freedom. It was born in hatred for equality. It was born in propaganda and demagoguery. It was born in violence. And it has clearly lived up to that heritage today. Joe Biden's a throwback. He's a throwback to the early Democrat Party. Mark Levin is on the radio. Weeknights at 6 on WMKT. And we are back with the WMKT Week in Review. If 
there's one thing that Michigan is known for. It is road construction, potholes, more road work, more potholes, and more road work. A never-ending cycle that can frustrate our drivers and leave us with some nice cost to repair our car. Well, expect some more delays when traveling in Grand Traverse County. A roadwork project that we reported on two weeks ago actually kicked off this Tuesday. The project on US 130 or US 31 between Holiday Road and Five Mile Road involves road widening and meeting construction work that will reduce traffic to one lane in each direction for two months and address a series of fatal crashes that have occurred in recent years in the Bayside stretch. The details of the project, according to MDOT. There will be a slightly widened toward the bay to create a space to install the median separating northbound and southbound traffic. Guardrails will also be installed between US 31 and Grand Traverse Bay in that stretch. Occasional gaps in the medians will facilitate drainage, but the gaps will be hatched to make it clear to drivers they can't turn on or use them. I've, uh, you know, again, uh, if you um, haven't listened to the show for too long, I, I mention it every once in a while that I, I live in Petoskey, but I travel down to, you know, Traverse City maybe a couple of times a year um, for just whatever. And, uh, you know, so I've, I've driven that stretch that they're referring to. And yes, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it is, I guess, just dangerous. But, um, you know, as a young person, you don't necessarily always think of that all of the time, maybe necessarily in, um, when you're an older adult. But, you know, I have certainly noticed, I'm like, man, like, you know, if this is like icy or whatever, you just go fly off into the bay, you know, when you're turning around this corner here. Or, yeah, there's uh, very fast traffic in a very narrowish road because it's, you know, it's four lanes um, and a pretty narrow road and, you know, traffic's flying at, you know, let's just be honest, 60 miles an hour <laughs> through that section. So it is uh, it is nice to see that they're doing something because it, it'll definitely address some problems that have been, um, you know, been facing the community of drivers that actually travel that road a lot more frequently than I do. Next story is small but important. Uh, it's another story that we reported on again two weeks ago um, and had Dennis Lennox on to explain more in depth. But in short, if you recall, SkyWest was seeking to pull direct flights to Detroit and Minneapolis from local airports in order to cut costs um, and also because they claimed there was staffing shortages. Um, but it would have been really detrimental to our local economies. Um, but finally, after some negotiations, the Pelston Airport has reached an agreement with SkyWest. From September 12th to October 5th, there won't be as many direct flights from Pelton to Detroit. But after that, the airport has made an agreement to return to their normal flight schedule, including 12 weekly round-trip flights to Detroit. You know, again, when I was talking with Dennis about this, you know, if you cut back on flights, you're just going to end up having less people up here for tourism. Again, only 12 flights a week, but still that is a sub over the span of an entire year. That is a substantial portion of flights that would have been dropped um, and people, you know, de-incentivized from flying up here because not everyone likes to drive. Um, and also it would have impacted, as Dennis, you know, had stated, uh, some people have to travel for work. And so that might have, you know, de-incentivized having you know, or incentivized rather people to go have to relocate somewhere where there was a, a functioning airport. So um, this is good for our economy. This is good for our citizens. And um, 
So we'll keep you updated. Um, there are other airports within our coverage that um, haven't made final decisions yet. So if and when that news breaks, uh, we will keep you up to date on that story as well. Our final story for today. Um, it's, again, having touched on this topic, uh, you know, before, earlier in this show, abortion, the whole situation going on in Michigan, you know, Tudor Dixon saying that whatever law is passed by voters, she's going to uphold. Um, you know, throughout this week, actually, on Thursday, um, the uh, ballot proposal was officially approved by the Supreme Court after the uh, Board of Canvassers, you know, denied the uh, it to be appeared on the ballot because uh, it was a it was a split two two vote, uh, and the claim was that the signatures there was no there's a lot of improper spacing and typos, um, grammatical typos, stuff like that. Um, but the Supreme Court overlooked that and is allowing it on the ballot. So the voters will be seeing if they want to enshrine abortion in the Constitution or not. Until the vote occurs, though, there was that, again, that 1931 law um, with bans on abortion except for rape and incest. Um, and so I had referred to in the previous comments earlier about a judge having put a actual injunction, like permanent injunction against the law. And I'll explain this here. Um, in depth about what happened there and uh, potential issues that may arise from that particular instance. So the court of claims judge who granted the initial injunction, that was the temporary one, on the Michigan abortion law, has now declared the law unconstitutional earlier this week. Uh, in the opinion issued, uh, the judge wrote the near ban on abortion denied women due process and equal protection under the law. Yeah, I spoke about this earlier. Uh, the issue, though, does not end there because the Supreme Court, um, you know, again, decided to allow the voters to address this issue in the November about ballot. Um, but the the bigger issue to stem from this particular court case is the right to life of Michigan may file complaints because the judge, Elizabeth Bleicher, has represented the plaintiff, Planned Parenthood, in the past, but refused to recuse herself from the case, stating she could remain impartial. This is likely a, albeit large, step in the fight over abortion, um, but it's probably only the first step in for uh, this, you know, thing here in Michigan. You know, the the problem with this story, from a relatively apolitical view, is a precedent that this sets in court cases. The, uh, this regarding the judge having represented Planned Parenthood, which was the plaintiff in the past, and is a current donor to the organization, but she did not recuse herself from the case. I reported on this exact particular stuff earlier in this week. This is why we're talking about it, obviously, as the week in review. Um, but I had actually admitted uh, the fact she was a donor. I didn't see that um, when I was reviewing the case. Um, so not only had she represented it, uh, the organization, but she's also a current donor. Um, this is certainly not the first case of a potentially biased juror or judge, uh, but usually this, you know, that sort of thing is in reference to a case where the judge knew the defendant or the plaintiff in a criminal case. You know, like, hey, Bill's one of my buddies. Um, he came into my courtroom on a DUI charge, but I can remain impartial. I'm not going to recuse myself. Problematic. Um, something of that nature. But this instance is far more severe than the case, like I just kind of gave you that crappy example of, because this is not this is one of, if not the most divisive topic in American culture right now. This ruling impacts at least a small to a small degree an entire state. Regardless, if this judge had worked from her Planned Parenthood or Right to Life in the past, 
This presents major problems. The people of Michigan want an answer to the abortion question quickly. They do not want this heated topic to carry on for years to come. But it looks like that's not going to happen. A quick ruling. This only adds to the process. In a situation like this, you have a judge who appears to have a bias, and the court then leaves itself open to further legal challenges by the opposition, in this case, you know, right to life of Michigan, to appeal the case or pursue other legal actions. If the judge had recused herself from this case, maybe she was worried a right-leaning judge would have filled her spot. I don't understand fully her reasoning. But either way, there would have been a more definitive answer that would have not been as easily opened to scrutiny and challenges. Perhaps this point is moot again, however, because regardless of the outcome of this court of claims, the people are going to have the final say, well, temporary final say, as I've reiterated several times, on the ballot measure. We are seeing how these same issues play out in another court case, similar issues, the Whitmer kidnapping plot. We've talked before and have not uh, about how not only have th those three major cases ended up with different outcomes, a plea deal for two men, a not guilty verdict for two others, and a hung jury and then eventual conviction in the second trial for the other two men. In that final case, the two men who faced a second trial, after the verdict came down, the judge released documents that showed the defense argued there was a biased juror. But the judge proceeded with the case anyway, with that juror. From evidence I have read, it seems there's a good chance the judge uh, made the um, was correct in dismissing the defense attorney's claims. But with such a high-profile case, I don't know why the judge could have just excused the juror and picked another random person. Perhaps I'm missing something, and the judge felt if the defense didn't argue a hostile juror, they would have come up with something else. You know, it was maybe just a stalling tactic. Um, so I don't have the full reasoning. These are just things that I am trying to hash out um, as possible explanations. But all of this stuff is very interesting to consider as we approach the elections. All right, that is all the time that we have for today. Thanks for joining me, Northern Michigan. I will be back next Sunday at 7 with the news that you need to know. I'm Nick Rudy, your host, and you're listening to the WMKT Week in Review on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. You might listen to the radio by yourself, but you're certainly not alone. Together, radio stations like this one reach more than 90% of Americans every single week. Six times more than Sirius XM, five times more than Pandora, and four times more than Spotify. Whether you want news or sports talk, top 40 or country, local AM FM radio is always there, 24-7, 365, 100% free. Thank you for making AM FM radio a part of your week. Message furnished by this station. Turtle Creek Casino is building the excitement this September with over $145,000 in cash and prizes during hammers, hard hats, and cash. Upgrade your wins on Friday and Saturday nights from 6 to 10 with 14 cash drawings up to $1,000 and top prizes of five dollars and $10,000. And we're driving the fun on Sunday afternoons with 20 drawings for $100 mobile gas cards from noon to 5. Visit TurtleCreekCasino.com. This is how we play. At a time when misinformation is all too common on social media, 
We take great pride in bringing you the news that matters, that impacts your family, news you can trust. Local broadcast journalists bring you the facts, covering the stories breaking in our community and across the globe. Text RADIO to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on local journalism. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Hi, this is Peter Garber from Triple Talk, 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT. If you're listening to this radio station, you love news and politics just as much as I do. And that's exactly what we're looking for in the next team member of our WMKT sales department. As an advertising consultant with WMKT, you'll work with local business owners right here in Petoskey, Charlevoix, and Traverse City, creating advertising campaigns that turn our listeners into their customers. The job is fun and fast-paced. You won't be stuck behind a desk. And not only do you get to listen to WMKT all day, you get to talk about it too. Compensation includes a base and commissions with health insurance and matching retirement plans available after you start. If you're interested in this position, please call us today at our Petoskey office, 231-347-8713 and ask for TAD. That's 231-347-8713. Ask for our general manager, Tad Garber. Thank you for your support of local radio and of Triple Talk WMKT. McDonald Garber Broadcasting is an equal opportunity employer.